That is found in verse 8, count, and verse 14, press, and verse 20, we look. We ought to have the right values, we ought to have the right um, vigor, and we ought to have the right vision. And so after studying this chapter, I said I need to go back and, and uh, preach a few messages on this uh, chapter, and I'm going to preach just verses 1 through uh, 6 on the high calling of a Christian, the high calling of a Christian. So let's stand on the Word of God. You'll feel better standing. Matter of fact, if, if y'all want to stand the whole time I preach, it won't bother me a bit. Just don't stand outside. The Bible says, finally. You know he's a Baptist preacher when he says in closing, and he preaches two more chapters, amen. Finally, uh, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Can somebody say amen right there? Rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. I'll explain that in just a minute. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. For we are, uh, we are the circumcision which worships God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. And though I might have also confidence in the flesh... <clears throat> Any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised eight days, stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the, uh, touching the righteousness which is of, in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the ecstasy of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you uh, for the heat that we do have, and thank you, dear God, for those that's uh, fixed it. And I pray, God, it'll stay fixed so we can uh, worship in comfort. But if not, dear God, give us attention. And uh, Lord, give us appreciation for what we do have. And I pray, dear God, that you'd bless this message to our hearts. And God, that we'd realize that this year, this, this, uh, this initial Sunday in 2018, Lord, a lot of people started it right. But God will never remain right unless we take the principles of Philippians chapter 3 and keep a pure life before you. So Lord, help us as we preach a few minutes on the high calling of a Christian, but God, the high calling to be a pure Christian. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I often say that before there's happiness, there must be holiness. And I really believe with all my heart that this year you will have a peaceful, happy, fruitful life if you're pure before Him. And, and that's what verses 1 through uh, 6 is concerning. Uh, the purity of the believers. I'm just going to preach one point. If you promise me you'll come back tonight, I'll preach the second and third point. If you, promise, if you don't come back tonight, I'll come and preach the second and third now. But I know you'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock as we preach on the perspective of the Christian life. Amen? And uh, this is the purity of a believer. You know, I believe that it's our call, high calling and it's below our dignity to live like the world and, the and, and, and yield to the flesh and, and try to please the world instead of have the applause of God 
And I believe with all my heart that a lot, of, a lot of Christians are missing it because they're not pure. And the word purity uh, in this context is singleness, focused on God with a pure motive, a pure life, and for the, to maintain that purity uh, that we might not just resist the devil and be pure. Mormons are pure, they think. But I mean have a goal to please God and win Him, as, as this verse says. And so I want you to see in verse 1, uh, the purity of the believer's steps. That's sanctification. In verse 1 it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Don't you thank God for the, that we have the Bible to study? And we can go verse by verse and, and, and let the Lord preach and let the Lord speak through His Word. Let the Word preach is what I want to do this year as I did last year. But finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Purity in the believer's step starts with rejoicing in the Lord. Not rejoicing in the flesh, not rejoicing in the religion, because most people that are religious and lost are very, very sad. But folks, it says, I write the same thing to you, uh, to, uh, and to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So not only you have your rejoicing, but you have repetition. You know, a lot of people, one time I was witness to a guy that was in charge of the Doug Gap uh, Little League up here, and I said, you go to church? He said, no. I said, why don't you go to church? I said, let me recommend one. I pastor it. I was coaching the ball team, so he listened. He had to because he appreciated volunteers. And he said, well, I want to tell you something. I went nine years of my life. I learned everything I need to learn, and I, it started being repetitious, and I just quit at nine years of age, and I hadn't been in church in 20 years, but I feel like I'm just as close to the Lord as anybody. That man was deceived, and that man was full of pride, and I want to tell you something, I've watched his life since then, and his family has fallen apart. He's lost everything that, he's, that he has, uh, he thought he had, and I want to tell you something, you don't arrive in nine years. You, you need Sunday school, you need church, you need Sunday night. You need Wednesday night. Some people say, well, it's not in the Bible. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. It's not that I have to come back tonight. I want to come back tonight. But then again, not only do I want to come back tonight, I need to come back tonight. Amen? I need as much of the Word of God as I can get. I need encouragement from one another. I was uh, ribbing Miss uh, Joanne that she has a birthday today. I won't tell you how old she is, but she's a lot older than I am. And, uh, and, I, you know, and uh, I said, you don't look it. And you don't feel it. But I want to tell you something. Some people take off church for their birthday. Amen. I want to tell you something. The greatest time to be in church is when you realize that God has given you every breath, every heartbeat. And folks, we ought to rejoice. And folks, rejoicing means that we acknowledge who our blessings come from. Amen. As I was attending the funeral of, uh, of Miss Deborah's loved one, her uh, pawpaw, uh, that she was very close to and good to the family, I thought about uh, what the preacher said, Brother Guffey. He said, we don't, nobody preaches your funeral, you preach your own. And I rejoiced in that statement that that's the gospel truth. Folks, as we're, it, we rejoice in the Lord. These people were rejoicing in works. They were rejoicing in religion. They were rejoicing in uh, all the uh, forms and, and uh, 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 figures of their, uh, of, of their religion. And the Lord... Uh, and, instilled into Paul to preach this great message on the object of the believer's life, Christ, Christ. We need to stay focused in 2018. We need to realize what's very important, amen? This is more important than any ball game. It reminds me of a ball game, this temperature, but I want to tell you something, friend. It's a lot more important than a game. It's a lot more important if Georgia wins the national championship 
uh, tomorrow night. Amen? It's a lot more than the Falcons go back to the Super Bowl, and uh, we never thought they would blow such a lead. Amen? I'm still, still bitter about that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Listen, it's more important. These things ain't going to change eternity. These guys are not our heroes. Uh, we're not to worship them. We're to worship Him. And so, folks, these people needed to start off with this final admonition. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. We have a lot to rejoice about. You know, I thought about changing my message and preach on hell this morning, but I'm not. But I want to tell you something. I'm glad I'm not going there. Amen? I, I, I didn't mean to be a smart aleck or anything else, but I want to tell you something. The forecast yesterday morning was hell still hot. That's why we need to go out and visit and knock on doors no matter how cold it is. And I appreciate the 21 that, that came out yesterday morning. That's how this church started. That's how it will continue. But I want to tell you something. If you go with a laborious, grievous uh, commandment attitude, uh, people are going to sense it. I believe we ought to serve the Lord with gladness because of all He's done for us. By the mercies of God, we ought to present ourselves a living sacrifice gladly and fall on the altar and say, Dear God, thank you for saving my soul. And listen, I want to tell you something. If you're alive this morning, and most of you look that way, God gave you another year of life. God's given you another heartbeat. God's given you another step. God's given you another thought. And one day, that won't be there. Amen? And you're going to live forever somewhere, and I pray it's in heaven. Number two, repetition. You know, that protects the believer. He said, finally, my brethren, and then he said, I want to repeat something. I want to write the same thing to you. Uh, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. I want to tell you what's safe. Not religion. There's a lot of people that are religious and lost. That's very deceiving, and it's very damning. And a lot of people are religious, but they're lost. I want to be religious out of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to be religious. I want to be faithful when I don't feel like it. I didn't feel like going soul winning yesterday. I didn't feel like going in this cold auditorium. And some of y'all don't feel like staying, but I'm glad you are. Uh, and uh, thank God for Brother John. He's here every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock and turns everything on. And I appreciate it. We even turned it on all night last night, but something went wrong. It's a mechanical failure. But I'm not dwelling on that. I'm saying, folks, we ought to rejoice in what we have. We ought to rejoice in our health. We ought to rejoice in our wealth. Uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about yesterday as I was coming up here to Soul Win, I thought about John Wesley. They used to have to pry him out of the saddle because he's frozen in the saddle. I got in a, a car that has 365 horsepower. Amen? I mean, I got on 365 horses. And I want to tell you something, it was, I, I warmed it up before I got in the car. I'm a wimp. And the older you get, the colder you get. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, so you young people, don't worry about anything. Uh, but uh, you know what? I sacrificed because I didn't turn on the heated seats because I wanted to be like John Wesley. Praise God. Amen. I didn't turn them on. I said, Connie, we ain't turn on the heated seats. We're going to we're 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 suffer for Jesus. Amen. And that's a 2007 Avalon with heated seats. Now, I want to say this. This morning, I woke up saying, praise God, I'm turning them on. And I'm, and I'm glad I did. And I want to tell you something. I've been blessed with a good car. I've been blessed with a good home. I've been blessed with, and I need to hear over and over again, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. And that's what the Word of God is. And that's what worship is. We're giving Him the worth. We're giving Him the praise. I don't believe we ought to be sad people. And I don't believe we ought to be bored people. 
with the Word of God. And I don't believe you've arrived so much that you don't have to come to church or come to Sunday school because it's repetitious. No, the Bible says, I repeat this because it's safe. There's protection in the local church. There's protection in the Word of God, and there's protection in every verse, line upon line, you need it. Then third of all, I see resistance. In verse 2 it says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. And folks, concision, the word means mutilating your body or doing any kind of outward thing to make yourself more holy, more pure. You know, some people believe that the Lord's Supper changes into the body of Christ. And then you take that Lord's Supper uh, and, and, you get, and you're saved by that wafer because you're actually taking the body of Christ. Now, folks, that's heresy. I'm going to tell you the truth. Folks, we take the Lord's Supper to picture that Christ died on the cross and offered His body and His blood was shed and His blood was precious and there's no other blood like it. And, folks, I want to tell you something. We need to resist. We need to remain pure. We need to believe, uh, believe that, folks, there's dogs out there. I'm not talking about the dogs that we encountered on visitation yesterday. I'll never forget one time uh, we was visiting over in uh, Spring City. Not Spring City. Spring Place, where you live, brother. And uh, I was visiting with this guy, and he was rather bold, and there was a big Doverman pincher on the porch, and I said, well, I'm just going to blow the horn. Amen? And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just see if they'll come out. And, and I didn't mean come out to the car so I could give them a gospel track. That's not, that's not what you do, but just to, you know, tie up the stinking dog, praise God. And I said, maybe they'll tie the thing up. He looks vicious. And old David, he jumped out and said, ah, oh, we can handle it. We're coming in the name of the Lord. He took about three steps, and that thing went into attack mode. And I want to tell you, my partner dented my hood of my car, jumping up on the hood and landing, <laughs> not face first, on my hood. And I blew the horn, and the, and the owners came out there and tied the vicious thing up. And we was at the wrong address. But anyway, <laughs> I want you to know, Fred, God help us uh, to realize this is not talking about the dogs on visitation. These dogs were barking law, 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 law. They were distorting the Word of God. And they were, they were dogs that were untamed and vicious animals. They were scroungy dogs. It wasn't little Fifi that you have at home sleeping in your bed with you or, or my wife's Constantly wanted me to bring the dogs into that. I said, dogs have fur, and I've got a light in a doghouse. That's enough. And I hope Pappy's not looking down from heaven uh, because he will, he will get us when we get there because I did not let my dog come in the house. Amen. But anyway, uh, some of y'all like that, but that's all right. I'm just saying it's not the little Fifi and the puppy that you love and the um, uh, uh, man's best friend. These were vicious, scroungy, uh, untamed, vile dogs that... Pu- that Paul was picturing. You cannot have companionship with those kind of people. You cannot because, folks, their degraded character will bring you down. Let me just say this, young people. You need to find a crowd that will bring you up. And you need to be one that brings people up. And you don't need to fellowship with the darkness and things of, of the world. I appreciate what Brother uh, Jason was referring to about Brother Jimmy preaching against rock and roll music. Most people ain't got enough courage to do that or against country music or against the world's music or against contemporary music in the house of God. We do, but I'm going to tell you this, friend. In context, you can't afford to fill your mind with garbage during the week and then come into the house of God and think it will not defile you. It will. Garbage in, garbage out. 
as a man thinketh, so is he. You can laugh and smile if you want to, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. What you listen to and what you read will make your character. Say amen. And who you hang around with will bring you down or bring you up. I think you ought to choose your friends, and I believe parents, you ought to have enough courage to approve every friend that your child has. Come on, say amen. Oh, just let them date anybody they want to. You're making a big mistake right there, and they might bring somebody home that you don't want to stay home. Amen. And I'll tell you, friend, we need to realize that God has called us to be resistant. I'm not talking about holier than thou. You know I'm not talking about that. I believe we ought to be friends to sinners, but not friendly sinners. Say amen. Uh, Jesus did not jump in the well. He just won the lady to the, to the Lord by the well. Say amen. And you think you, want, you can be like the world and you can act like the world and you can listen like the world and you can eat like the world. I mean the spiritual, uh, gar- the garbage on the mental and emotional th- and be a Christian this year uh, that gl- brings glory to God. you got another thought coming. There needs to be some resistance in your life. And I want to say this, I believe a little different than most independent Baptists. I believe in this. I believe we ought to be separated unto God as well as from the world. I believe you ought to love God so much that you don't want the world. I believe you ought to love God so much you don't want the rock and roll music. You don't want the uh, stuff that suggests premarital sex and, and uh, uh, adultery and, 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 and make fun of God and listen to that junk and think you can come in here and sit in a pew on Sunday and turn on Christianity. It won't happen. So Paul's dealing with the root cause of our unhappiness, and that's impurity. We need to realize a pure Christian is happy and his steps are sanctified and God gets the glory. And I can't think of a better thing uh, to do in our, with our life than to glorify God. Not this world. Not some rock and roll star. Not some athlete. Not yourself. But God. You'll never be happy glorifying the flesh. You'll always be happier if you're holier but not holier than thou. I believe we ought to have compassion. I believe we ought to have patience. How long did it take you to get spiritual? That's my question. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to be patient with people that hadn't learned yet. I mean, if they come in here with three earrings in their nose, we shouldn't point at them and, and kick them out the back door. What we ought to do is hope they'll, they'll uh, uh, you know, trim it down to one. No, but, uh, you know, but <laughs> I'm just saying, and, you know, they'll get conviction about some things, amen? And conviction comes through repetition in the Word of God and teaching in context, not hitting people over the head with the Bible and telling them they can't come in the house of God. That's ridiculous. Beware of evil, uh, beware of dogs, but also beware of deceitful workers, the Bible says. Look at this. It says beware of dogs and beware of evil workers. Now, folks, the evil workers are the religious but lost. It's the cult leaders. It's people that add works to salvation. Any work. It's wicked. It's heresy. And it low rates the blood of Jesus. Why did Jesus have to go to the cross if we could work for our salvation? We can't work for our salvation. He did the work. It is finished. And so folks, we need to be, we need to be aware of evil workers, uh, uh, evil philosophies, even the evil philosophies of politics and the world. That we don't need God anymore. We do need God. And our school system needs God. 
And folks, our church needs God. And Christians need God. Beware of evil, deceitful workers. And then beware of concision. Folks, that speaks of uh, circumcision necessary for salvation. It's adding anything to faith. And so, folks, it comes down to the purity of doctrine. Doctrine. The only way you're going to be pure this year is turn up the alarm system. I believe with all my heart that a lot, most churches, a lot of churches, not most, but a lot of churches, are getting used to the darkness. And I really believe this. I believe they're inviting... Boy, it's getting hot in here. Praise God. Uh, it, 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 they're inviting the world into the church. Folks, the church is supposed to go out into the world. We're supposed to be pure. I not say holier than that. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be like Jesus in 2018. We're to be different. And folks, if you take the difference out of Christianity, you take Christ out of Christianity, and all you got is an entity. All you got is an entity. Oh, folks, listen, we need to have purity of doctrine. I thank God for this blessed book. I thank God that uh, you cannot leave here saying Wayne Cofield said this. No, it's thus saith the Lord. It's the Word of God is the authority in your life. And until you submit to that authority and let it purify your thoughts and purify your philosophies and purify your steps and sanctify yourself before God, folks, you will not be effective as a witness in this lost and dying world. I want to just give you three verses, and I'll preach on one, one of these verses tonight because I, I love this passage in Matthew 5. But I want you to turn to Psalms 19 real quick. Psalms 19 and verse 8 through 9. I appreciate you being here this morning so much. Look at Psalms 19. We even gave a warm welcome to people that's been in Florida for about a month. Amen. They came back to warm up. Look at this, Psalm 19. Thank God. Okay, my Bible's stuck together. Now it's open. Oh, here we go. Psalms 19, verse 8 and 9. The Bible says this, The statutes of the Lord are right. Let me say amen to that. We're not voting on the Word of God around here. I'm glad Brother Jeremy... Uh, Smith is going to be able to do our King James series soon here and uh, that's what he wants to do go around the country and, and tell people uh, wh what the word of God is who the word of God is but it says in verse 8 the fear of the Lord no, verse 8 the statutes of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart folks I want to tell you something when you get right you're happy you're glad and you serve the Lord with rejoicing the heart listen it's the commandments of the Lord are is the commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Here it is now. If you want to have a perspective that's Christ-like, you must have a biblical perspective. You need to have a biblical outlook on life. And look at verse 9. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is the servant warned, and in the keeping of them there is great reward. Amen. Folks, listen. 
when are we going to learn this? We must honor God for our life to be fulfilled. We must saturate our life if we're going to be situated by the rivers of life and have a hidden source of success. And our leaf will not wither and will bear fruit that will redound for His glory. When are we going to learn that we cannot, we cannot be like the world, act like the world, and have the appetite of the world and please God? This is not a game and this is not a Sunday thing. The reason we preach the Word of God every time these doors are open and teach the Word of God is that we're trying to help you be pure, pure in motive, pure, pure, pure in uh, doctrine. But look at verse 12. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. See, we'll, we'll have the philosophy, I'm okay. I read this book when I was at Georgia State University. Craziest book I've ever read in my life. I'm okay, you're okay. What in the world is that? And that's the philosophy of the world. I'm okay, you're okay. No absolutes. But I want to tell you something, folks. If it's not right, if it's not what God says, it's not right. It's not if it feels good, do it. It's if it's in this book, do it. And look at this. Who can understand his errors? And the Hebrew connotation is you don't. Your heart's deceitfully wicked, desperately wicked. And who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. And the connotation there is you can't know it. Well, if I know my heart, this is not wrong. You don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart. Look at verse 12. Who can understand his errors but cleanse them from secret sin? Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. You really want to be sad this year? Let sin take its course. Let sin take its course. And that sin will captivate your children. It'll ruin your perspective. It'll divide your marriage. And you'll sit at home with loneliness that you can almost feel because of sin. Sin. That's why God, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? That wasn't pleasurable for Him to take the loneliness of Calvary and the separation from God and become sin who knew no sin. And so, folks, if we let sin creep in our life in this coming year and not have purity of steps, sanctified, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to have a happy new year. And look at verse 14. This ought to be the prayer for our year. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Beware of evil, deceitful workers. Beware of the dogs, the viciousness of this world. Beware of concision, adding to the Word of God. And the only way you can beware is to be filled with His Word. And I don't know about you, but I pray every day for wisdom. And I believe wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes having a perspective. I'll preach on that tonight. Be pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8. That's not sinless. That means it's single. It means you're not divided between God and this world. 
You just want to live for God. And I want to tell you something. The very definition of worry is when you're being pulled in two different directions and you don't know where to turn. It strangles you. It suffocates you with anxiety, depression, problems and strife. And you're even pulled in two different directions at one time. That's got to be uncomfortable. But I want to tell you something. When you realize, finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord and, 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 and see God and realize that it's not, you're not in this world to win the world, but you're in this world to win Christ's approval and count everything but manure, the Bible says, dung, and all his credentials, if there's anyone that should have been pure in his own sight, Paul must have thought, praise God, I, I, I got purity because I'm of the stock of Jacob, the only person that followed Joseph, the only one that didn't turn against Joseph, and Israel, and uh, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and touching the law. He was a Pharisee. He killed people for being Christians. He put people in jail and made children orphans for being Christians. That's Zaius Phariseeism. That's religion. But he said, hey, listen, all this, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss, verse 7, for Christ. I believe Paul was saying, if anyone had a right to glory in the flesh, maybe I should. Praise God, I don't glory in all that. I just want to live for God. And I love Him. And I met Him on the road to Damascus. And He intercepted my life and I saw the light. I went to Barnabas and he started discipling. Can you imagine that, that assignment? He said, I want you to disciple Paul. Paul killed Christians for being Christians. And he obeyed and he began to teach him the Word of God. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's why Paul could say rejoice in the Lord in verse four, chapter 4, verse 4. And again, I say rejoice. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about a thing. But in everything, but everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. And then I love verse Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all of understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. The word keep means guard. There's protection in repetition. There's protection in rejoicing. But there's protection in the Word of God. And I'm glad that every morning, I hope you're reading your Bible through again this year, every morning I get up and I want to hedge in this day so it won't come unraveled about 2 o'clock. And I want to do it through prayer and the Word of God. And I want to rejoice in my salvation. And I want to worship Him right there in my study in the home. that used to be Jason's bedroom before we kicked him out. And he got married. Amen. And, and it's my study. And I go in there. And I don't let anybody come in there. Except my wife and my three dogs. No, not really. And folks, it's a place where I can get along with God every morning. And say, God, I'm thankful. But God, I'm needful. I need to hear from heaven. I need you to direct my soul. And I need you to protect my life and my family and my children. This week will be a, will be a, a mixed emotions. I was visiting with Brother Mark yesterday and I said, how was the, how was the airport? I, did, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't even ask that. I know how the airport was. 
It's the most mixed emotions you'll ever have. You're so proud of your children going back to South Africa. But you just want to hug your grandchildren one more time. And you make a fool out of yourself right there in the middle of the airport. You say, whoa, grown men, you know, I mean, you know, I try to be tough. My, my, little, my little girl, Amy, I still look at her as a little girl. She tries to be tough. You know, and, and then, then we'll hug and she'll try to hide the tears. I'll try to hide my tears. Then when she gets through security, I'm sure she just breaks down. And I don't wait to then. I just break down anyway. Now, folks, listen. There's no way I could send them off to South Africa Wednesday for money. It'd be hard for a war, like we send Brother Billy over there. But folks, to send them for God. There's the mixed emotion. You want them in the flesh to be with you always, or at least 70 miles away so you can visit them once in a while. But folks, we have to focus and say, Dear God, what's important? And dear God, what will bring more glory? What will bring more honor? I want to give my children to the Lord. I want to give my mind to the Lord. I want to give my actions and reactions to the Lord this year. I want to sanctify my life. I want to be pure in my steps, every step, because I realize that the only thing counts is that I win Christ. That I have His approval for this year. Let's pray. Father, I've tried to be brief and to the point. And dear God, I thank you for these clear verses. Can't wait to continue this chapter tonight. Can't wait to get back and hear these verses again in my soul. And Lord, I want to be pure in heart. I want to have a singleness of mind. I want to have a singleness of direction. I want to have a singleness of of devotion and priority and motivation and that's that you be glorified through this year that God what I do and what this church does will bring glory to your name and that we'll win your approval and that we'll do not what the world wants or what the family wants or what the wife wants or what the husband wants but dear God what you want and then we'll make even our enemies at peace with us so, Lord, may we garrison this year with your peace. May we keep, let you keep us with your peace. Lord, may we rejoice in everything and every day and every moment. May we, dear God, fill our lives to overflowing with your word and your spirit. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Just a moment of invitation. This is the first Sunday of the year, 2018. I don't know where 2017 went, but it's gone. And I can't bring it back. I got to forget those things in the past as far as letting it poison the present and ruin the future. But I sure can press towards the mark of the high calling this year. And I want to ask you a question. Do you know for sure that you're saved by grace plus nothing minus nothing? And you know that you're going to heaven and you rejoice in that. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this audience? You know you're saved. Now, how many glad about that? 
How many rejoice in that fact? If you die in 2018, you're going to heaven. Rejoice with angels and loved ones the rest of your life. And with Jesus. What a blessed prospect. Is there anyone in here that say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm religious. I'm pretty good compared to the, some people. But I'm lost. I do not know the Lord as my personal Savior. I really wish you'd pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer and then back down? Anyone? There ought to be a purity of soul. And the only way to bring a purity of soul is through the precious blood of the Lamb. It's the only way to be saved. It's through Calvary's cross. There is not many ways. There's only one way. Anyone? Not saved, but like to be. It'd be a great day to get saved on the first Sunday of 2018. Let me speak to you Christians. There's a, there's a purity of not only soul, but there's a purity of steps, of sanctification. Setting your life apart. And folks, I believe that is an act of submission, an act of reverence, and an act of, act of surrender. And some of you need to make that surrender today. Probably all of us do. But you say, preacher, this year, 2018, I want to live a pure life. I want to live a life that brings glory to God. I want my life to be used to win souls, but most indeed, I want my life to please the Lord. That's my prayer for 2018. And I want you to pray with me and for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? God bless you all over this place. That's what we're here for, isn't it? I'm not here to have a religious ceremony. And let me just ask you one more thing. How many know somebody that's wasted 2017? I mean wasted it in sin, wasted it in lust, pride of life, wasted it trying to keep up with this world and be popular in the world's eyes. They're letting the vicious dogs of this world devour them. They're letting deceitful teachers mislead them. And they're not pleasing Christ. And you'd say, I've got a burden for them. I know several. Would you raise your your hand on their behalf all over this place. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the wonderful Scripture, the inspired Word of God. God, thank you for speaking to my heart through it. And God, I pray that you spoke to many hearts this morning. God, help us to start this year off right, not only being in church, but God, letting the Word of God be in us. And we'll praise you for your pure walk with God. Lord, help us tonight as we study the Beatitudes and continue this chapter. God, I can't wait. Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us to come back with faith and anticipation that you're going to make us more usable than when we walked in this place. We'll thank you and praise you for the privilege. Lord, please use these folks' influence on others. Lord. And to glorify your name. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name.